800 years before the Lord Jesus was born, prophet Isaiah wrote, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's pray. Living, loving Father, we thank you and praise you that you have worked a miracle that we can celebrate this Christmas. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our eyes and our hearts to see the gift of love and the miracle of salvation and revelation present in the birth of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in the midst of a season of snow and busyness, Lord, may our hearts be warmed by the magic of this true story of your entrance into this world. Lord, that we would know you and that we would praise you for who you are and that you and you alone would satisfy our deepest needs and longings. We ask this all in the incomparable name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, you know, December is a month that is filled with anticipation, no matter who you are. You're anticipating the smells of the Christmas season. I mean, the Yankee Candle Company has made a monopoly out of it, right? You got the fur candle and the cinnamon spice candle and the Christmas candle, and we can imagine all of those smells, the, the roast coming out of the oven. We're anticipating the sights of the Christmas season. You saw it as you were slipping and sliding on the road coming near here tonight with the snow gently falling down and the Christmas lights on every street corner. You can even probably, maybe you want to forget the sight you've seen at, you know, the worst ugly sweater party you've been to. It's amazing that they get money for these things. You, you're anticipating whether or not you're going to get the Christmas bonus that year and whether or not it'll be enough to, to cover what you were hoping for, for you and your family. You're anticipating the holiday parties that you're going to go to and what you're going to bring. Perhaps it's going to be that first holiday party that you're bringing your significant other to to meet your family. And so the entire month you've got, you're anticipating what, could, what dad might say that you hope he doesn't say. Maybe, maybe you're anticipating the, the meaningful conversation you hope to have with the people that you love and the traditions that you want to establish. Maybe you're anticipating the grades you're going to get from the previous semester. They're going to help you breathe easy all month. It's a month of anticipation. Of course, we're anticipating gifts. Let's just say it. Let's stop trying to make ourselves feel guilty about it. Many of us have been anticipating gifts. 
You've spent months planning the gifts you want to give to the people you love. You have been the apt student watching the hints that were dropped in June and July and August. And you're taking notes on Post-it. You're writing reminders for yourself on your phone. You're thinking what you're going to get that person to show that you love them, that you care for them. You're anticipating what the look on their face is. And you're hoping that the look will be what you hope it will be. Some of us are anticipating the gifts we will receive, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because we know you're in the room. You're, you're, you've watched the presence slowly migrate from some unknown secret compartment in the house to underneath the tree, and you're anticipating with wonder whether or not, A, it's for you, and B, what it's actually going to be. In, in my family, we used to open all of our gifts on Christmas Eve. And, you know, Christmas was the only two days, as I was a kid, we only went to church two days a year, Christmas and Easter. And I'll never forget the pain it was all day on Christmas Eve, because we knew it was coming. But it felt like an eternity to get there. We had to go to church, and he preached a lot longer than I'm going to preach tonight. And I didn't know half of what he was saying. Some of it was in another language. And, and we would go there. And so, so we got through church and song after song, and then we'd go home and we had to eat dinner. And I think even as you know, a 12-year-old boy, I, I never wanted to eat dinner less than on Christmas Eve. Let's just get through it, because there was this anticipation. And, and then we'd finish, and we, we'd be sitting, my older brother and I, in the living room with the tree and all the presents, and I'd be anticipating what it was. And, and my parents taught us this tradition in our house that we were not allowed to touch examine, lift, hold, or shake any of the boxes. We were taught that that was incredibly rude. And that if we did any of that beforehand, we might even lose the gift. So there was this like fear and, and anticipation and wonder, what is going to be the gift we are going to receive for Christmas? We spent the last four weeks exploring the anticipation that the people of God had before the very first Christmas came. We've been walking through this book of the prophet Isaiah, again, written about 800 years before the birth of Christ, and examining the longing, the yearning, the anticipation that people had for our Savior's birth. They spent hundreds of years anticipating the gift that they most wanted and most needed from the hand of God himself. I think if they heard the gifts that we spend so much time anticipating, they might think our desires are too small rather than too large. Living in exile, here they are, they're living in another country, having been removed from the promised land because of their sin, taken away into exile, away from, separated in many cases from their families, separated from their ancestral homes, wondering with fear whether or not they messed up so bad that it can ever be made right. They had this anticipation, this longing for comfort, for peace, for justice, for home. You ever wonder whether or not the damage that you have done can ever be healed? can ever be forgotten, better still, can ever be covered over and made right. That was the longing of God's people we've been thinking about for four weeks. 
They were yearning to have God undo the damage. They did not deserve a gift from God's hand. But through the prophet Isaiah, God gave them a hope-filled expectation that they would receive a gift anyway. Christmas is God's gift to us. God came down to bless us and satisfy our deepest longings and needs. And the question that we with the people of God have faced for millennia is, will we receive his gift to us? For unto us a child is born and to us a son is given. You ever been to a party where you didn't get a gift? I know, I heard, what? Yes, it happens. We hate when it happens, right? You ever go to a party and like everyone's getting gifts and maybe it's, you know, you slipped through the cracks. Maybe it's no one thought you'd come. Maybe it's it accidentally got given to your cousin Joe. But somehow you didn't get a gift. And you stood there from the outside looking in, feeling like somehow you didn't belong or you weren't worthy or you didn't make the cut. Some of us feel that way every Christmas because we've lost the initial wonder of the Christmas story. If you are in this room, you are an essential part of the Christmas story. You are the recipient of a gift on Christmas that comes from the hand of God himself. Twice, what does Isaiah say? Unto who? Us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The baby born of the Virgin Mary in the little town of Bethlehem is God's gift to you. God invited all kinds of people into the Christmas story. Think about it. He invited Mary to come to the Christmas story and to give birth to Christ the Lord. He invited the shepherds to come down out of the fields and witness the birth of this infant boy. He invited the angels from heaven to come and to proclaim the glory of God revealed in this birth. He invited Anna and Simeon to come and marvel over this child. God invites you into this Christmas story to receive the child who came as God's gift to you, when the baby Jesus was born, God himself was extending his hands and offering him to you to take and receive. The child was no ordinary child. And his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. His four titles tell us an awful lot about who Jesus Christ is. They reveal to us why he was worshipped by angels, praised by shepherds, and hated by those who willfully rejected the rule and the reign of God. The wisdom that designed the universe and shaped the genetic code became incarnate in a little corner of the world. Child grew to become a man and preached the word and the will of God and has wisdom and counsel that the world has never seen. He is the mighty God. It's an astounding statement. This child that was born is called mighty God. Isaiah looked forward to a day when God himself would take on flesh and would be born. 
He anticipated a day when the almighty, uncontainable God would make himself small. Human rulers often measure their greatness by how big they can make themselves. We want to do great big things. We want to, you often hear of presidents, the last year of their presidency. It's all about the legacy and leaving the legacy. Rulers create statues. We erect pyramids and great walls and things that people will look at for generations and say, oh, I'm reminded of him or her and the great things that they have done. But the living God shows us his greatness and his power, not by how large he makes himself, but by how small he made himself. For hundreds of years, the Israelites looked forward with anticipation to the day when their shame would be removed and their sins would be forgiven. They yearned for an age of peace, hope, joy, and life. Ever since Genesis chapter 3, they longed for the day when the curse would be reversed, when their sin would be forgiven, when once more they could be at peace with God, at peace with each other, peace with themselves. And it would take God himself to work such a gift of peace, such a miracle But in the birth of Jesus Christ, God himself solves our deepest problems and needs. He is the everlasting father who will never depart with age or frailty. He is the prince of peace who has come to give us what our souls yearn for. Jesus was born to put an end to the inner turmoil so many of us feel. He was born to end the worry and the shame and the regret. He was born to put an end to the depression and the emotional turmoil and suffering. So many of us suffer, at least in one stage of our life or another, from some form of mental illness. And Jesus Christ came to usher into an age when it would be forgotten and we would finally have peace in our heart, peace in our mind, peace in our emotions and our souls. He came to usher in an age when we will no longer be haunted by our past, live in fear of our future, or struggle to get up out of bed in the present. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he was born that he might bless his children with it. He came to bring peace in the place of the inner turmoil we face and peace in the place of the outer conflicts we are surrounded by. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Christmas is God's gift to us. God came down to bless us and satisfy our deepest longings. But will we receive that gift? You know, I can't think of anyone who's ever turned down a Christmas gift. Even if it's a Christmas gift you don't want, you take it and in your mind you're already planning out who you're going to re-gift it to. You're thinking, I'm going to take this to the next you know, work party and I'm just going to wrap it up again and no one will ever know the difference. But what will we do with Jesus? 
Have we accepted God's gift of salvation and all the blessings of peace and hope and joy and justice that it brings? The birth of Jesus Christ, God opened up a beachhead on this planet and began to advance his kingdom. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. On that Christmas night, he was worshipped by people who put their faith and their trust in him. And every time someone comes to him in repentance and faith, God's kingdom advances into their lives as well and spreads like one candle lighting another candle. And his kingdom grows further and further and further that the light and the love and the glory of Jesus Christ would shine to the ends of the earth. The more, the more that candle spreads, the more peace advances from one part of our hearts to another, from one part of our minds to another, from one human to another. The increase of his kingdom began with his birth and it has continued ever since. God looked down on this world on that night and he saw the pain and the suffering and the confusion and the rebellion and he came to do something about it. And it's amazing when you think about it. God did not see the lack of peace and the terrible injustice in this world. He saw it, but he did not come down as a warrior. He didn't come down as a politician to try to legislate things the right way. He didn't come down as a philosopher to try to just pontificate and intellectually inspire. He didn't come in the rushing wind or in the fire or in an earthquake. He came as a child on a cold night in a quiet corner of the world coming down as quietly as winter snow. He came to give us the greatest gift he could possibly give us. He came to give us the gift of himself. He came to live a life before us that we might know him. And he came to die for us that we might live in a relationship with him forever. No matter what your past is, the Prince of Peace is willing and able to usher you in, to knit you in to his Christmas story and to cleanse you of all of your shame, guilt, and regret. Jesus lived the perfect life we cannot live and he died the death that we deserve to die. That through faith in his birth, life, death, and resurrection, we might finally have peace and the hope of peace for eternity. This holiday season, are you ready to accept that gift that Christ offers us all and find the longing of your soul satisfied? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you came down, that we might know you and be known by you, that we might have life and that to the full. That we might be transformed by the birth of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we meditate on his birth, on your entrance into this world, fill us, Father, with wonder at the unconquerable depth of your love, wisdom, and power manifested in the work of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. 
Amen.